0: One, and welcome back to Boldly Go with Star Trek Strange New World podcast. Okay, that was terrible. I'm going to leave it in. I'm leaving wow. it in. Star Trek Strange New Worlds podcast. Wow, it has been a day. It has been a week. And uh, sorry, this episode is a bit late, but trust me, it's worth the wait, y'all. It's worth the wait. So uh, you obviously have heard that our good friend Chris Littlefield is back. <gasps>
1: I'm here again.
0: You're here again, and we're going to talk about what is now my new favorite episode of Strange New Worlds.
1: Wow, really? Okay. <laughs> yes. It, it just sailed ahead of charades.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it surprised me too, but um, don't underestimate my love for Boimler. Yes, we're talking today about those old scientists. I might
1: be in the same boat. I'm just not sure yet. But Oh,
0: I'm sure. <laughs> sure.
1: It's definitely one of the best Star Trek episodes of all time, just like Charades. But, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it might be my favorite now.
0: Yeah. Well, all I can say is my Jack Quaid obsession is starting to reach Ethan Peck levels. (laughs) of Obsession.
1: I don't even know how to respond to you saying that. Like, I feel like I don't even know you anymore.
0: I know. I I said starting to. I'm not (laughs) saying he's surpassing, but... um, yeah, there's room for more than one obsession in my life. I, Clearly, I think it's okay. <laughs> Cle- Why are you making it sound bad? I wasn't, Don't shame yeah, me. I
1: wasn't making it sound bad. That <laughs> you're you put that onto it. I have no problems with multiple obsessions.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm way too old for him though. You know, I'm old enough to be his mom. He's sexy If I was 19 too. when I had him, but
1: <laughs> yeah, I was. I'm kind of like. A little bit hee hee for him
0: he's just amazing and adorable and fun and funny and smart and guys there is a video that was done by jesse gender where she had jack quaid on and that's that's all they did is they just talked for like an hour and 45 minutes and it was so great you can go find it in on her youtube channel it, it was probably about a year ago maybe a little bit more But uh, definitely go find that video because it is worth your time if you have any interest in Jack Quaid at all, which um, that that was the one where it just kind of um, really, that's when the, it moved from uh, casual enjoyment into, okay, I'm starting to get obsessed here, Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, but it's also Boimler a lot because... I'm basically Boimler. I mean, if I were on, if I were in Starfleet at an instant on the lower decks, I would basically be Boimler for the most part. Okay. So yeah, just a, a lot of um, anxiety, a lot of <laughs> wanting to do my own logs. I'd absolutely be doing that. Yeah, yeah. I would
1: probably be naked in uh, a shuttle. Was he in a shuttlecraft.
0: Yeah. I think so. Maybe.
1: Like, I would, It yeah. was,
0: Or was it, a, no, it was a room. But, you know, he was under the influence of an alien. That that wasn't that okay. wasn't his fault. <laughs> I was thinking about the other day how he kept saying, lover, the <laughs> way he said lover. And I'm like, no, something's wrong there. That ain't Boimler. <laughs> right. Technically it was, but it was that, um, that little thing that had it attached itself to it.
1: I can't believe we're coming up to season four already.
0: I know. I'm so excited. And it starts on September 7th. And September 8th is Star Trek Day. So nice timing. And I'm really, really excited for it. Really, really super excited for it. Because I love me some Lower Decks. Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's, uh, oh, I'm recording this without air conditioning on because the air conditioner is loud. And I am just starting to drip. That's, you know. (laughs) unpleasant unpleasant so you might hear me pause and just go what or you know just grab a towel and wipe (laughs) down so gross so gross i hate being sweaty it's one of my
1: i like it when i want to be
0: yeah well that's the thing i'm just such a sweaty person that i sweat like you know how on star trek on every star trek series there's that one person that's extra sweaty yeah that's me That's me. I'm that person. I'm the person that sweats at the drop of a hat.
2: Yeah, I used to be like that. And
0: would they would have to put sweat catchers in the pits and in the in like where the boobs meet and whatnot. One
1: person that would that was hired specifically just to sponge you off.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no kidding.
1: In between takes. Oh, cut! We got to wipe off brandy again.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, just to do these. Do uniforms come with Velcro? Please tell me they come with Velcro. (laughs) Please. Ah. Anyway. Okay. Let's talk about those old scientists. Yes. Let's. Um, I. I took zero notes.
1: (laughs) Ooh. Wow.
0: I've just. I've I've just decided to do away with notes. Um. Because it's more fun having an organic conversation. This is true. If we. If we jump all over the place, that's fine. Well, I took
1: notes. I have seen this one twice and I and I did take notes but I also like I'm looking at like there are like one word notes and I'm looking at them now and I'm like "I, I don't know what what do you what was this Chris because I have no idea like one of my notes it says important and I'm like what okay Uh, you know, I was just so enthralled and I could not take my eyes off the screen both times pretty much. And so I was just living my, I was living my life.
0: Yes. Living your best life.
1: I do want to say, I kind of feel like, and maybe people have said this again, I'm not really paying attention to socials right now,
0: but was
1: this, I feel like this episode has something, one thing in common with these are the voyages. Hmm. And that thing in common is that the episode is actually not an episode of the show that it says it's an episode of. So These Are the Voyages is clearly a next generation episode, a next generation holodeck episode, right? Right. This is a Lower Decks episode, I think, because we start off in Lower Decks animated world. And we end there, too. Well, we end we do end on the Enterprise, but we're in animated world. So I feel like this is kind of a Lower Decks episode, not a Strange New Worlds episode.
0: Well, it's a Strange New Worlds episode for me, <laughs> with Lower Decks guesting. But it starts
1: there, and it ends with them, sort of.
0: Yeah, but that doesn't make it a Lower Decks episode.
1: Okay, whatever. So, I was just, I'm just, you know,
0: these are the things yeah, I think about. Well, to me, it's it's the same as the TNG episode, Lower Decks, where we're focusing on people we don't normally focus on. I'm just I'm OK with it either way. I don't care. <laughs> I don't it's, either. <laughs> it's combining my two two of my favorite characters of all time in one place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And just and it's so delicious. It's so delicious. It is
1: absolutely delicious.
0: So we do have the um aforementi always have the previously on Star Trek Strange New Worlds. So and that's why I I leave it as a Strange New Worlds episode because it didn't start with lower text. Yeah, they didn't show
1: Yeah, they didn't show any like other series right, which I thought they might. I thought they might start off that way, but they didn't.
0: No, they did not. And then it just goes straight to the Cerritos. And oh. uh, they there's a portal, and it's Boimler's fav- one of Boimler's favorite portals. <laughs> and uh, the uh, the lower deckers are, are four people, which crumbhat? are ten hat Crum hat not crumb hats. is that what she says <laughs> that, that's what that's what mariner said yeah. she doesn't pay attention yeah it's surprising because she usually does not oh pay
1: attention. my god that line my <laughs> i watched it with my parents the second time and they cracked up
0: i was laughing so hard in every fucking scene anyway um they find that they scanned that planet and found a portal they were actually supposed to be delivering um, tri-triticale grain uh-huh. to a federation colony nearby i don't remember like i said didn't take notes doesn't matter it's no, fine it doesn't. it's 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 uh you know we're just having fun here and uh, <laughs> anyway long story short um they the four go down there attendee and rutherford and mariner and uh boimler and if you look closely when boimler is putting on his uniform top while he's doing his incense log just as he goes to shut his little closet thing you see that poster oh
1: i did not notice that
0: it's really fast it's really fast but it's there and it and if i remember correctly it has always been there so wow yeah because i remember that there was something in there but uh yes so and mariner was complaining because she was the one who was leading this team oh yeah and everybody else was so excited like tindy and rutherford were so excited and rutherford's like are there going to be tachyons i want to i want to scan tachyons you know He just he and tindy over the moon with the science stuff and boynler just wants to see a portal so they beam down, of course, and Uh, Boynler does say that uh, it was discovered by Captain Pike mm-hmm. and the crew of the in the uh, original Enterprise. Oh, the second one, the second one. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yes, there was the NX zero one, which <laughs> gets some. Potentially, and then mentions. they go into
1: the. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Does it though? <laughs> yes, it's I mean, it's kind of the whole, the it's most the whole important thing grace. to fix yeah. the episode, to finish everything, <laughs> to fix everything. So,
0: You you know how I feel about Enterprise. And love, I know you so don't
1: just, love Enterprise, so.
0: <laughs> yes. Oh, I hate it. It's my least favorite track. This is
1: when we, <laughs> when we got, when we started going, when we started getting all those, I was like, Brandy is mm-hmm. over the moon right now. Mm-hmm.
0: Losing my damn mind mm-hmm. is what I was doing. Losing my yeah. damn mind. And so they are they don't think, that like, the portal's not active. So they don't have anything to, they're not really worried about it. But then uh, Boimler's like, to think that they stood right here. And, of course, Tendy says, oh, actually, this was uh, discovered by Orion's. And Boimler has a Miglimo moment. We're going, Tindy Tindy Tindy. What tendi, it, Can tendi,
1: you explain tendi. what that is?
0: Because Miglimo did that Making to her. her as well oh, Tandy, Tandy, oh Tandy. yes 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 you know when he was correcting her when actually she was right mm-hmm. so which technically they're both right right <laughs> yeah i love how mariner is like hey uh, let's just kind of believe Tandy on this one okay let's let's just do that okay boiler and so he does let it go he does let it go, but then he's talking about you know if Spock stood right here, Mister Boimler, hand me that scanner. And then the Mariner's like, "Is that your Spock?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been working on it. He's so enthusiastic. And then uh, um, Rutherford decides he's gonna take a, a hollow picture, and so Boimler's posing, 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 and uh, he snaps the uh, the picture and, and portal turns on <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I knew that was going to happen
0: yeah, 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 well of course it had to happen yeah. we knew that he came out of a portal we saw it in the in many a trailer and I think it's so funny <laughs> that Tendi's like stop you know stop moving towards it like he's just <laughs> like doing it himself stop letting it suck you in and he's like the portal's trying to portal me <laughs> which is the most pointless thing ever and it's something I would say <laughs> if I was having a portal suck me into it, and then his final words are "Remember me." is <laughs> sucked into the portal, and the the cut to live action oh, is so beautiful. It's so
1: beautiful. It is. I was like, <gasps>
0: just I. So it was.
1: It was gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous.
0: Yes, it took my breath away. I really just went. <gasps> yeah. You know what's so funny
1: is because it looked, it still looked, it was just still, still so like fantastical and fantasy looking, even when it was live action. It was just, it yeah. was magical. It was truly artistically, cinematically magical. And I will say, my dad was like, "Oh, it's like a Stargate," and I was like, "Yeah, it kind of, it kind looks like a Stargate." And I was like, "Yeah, actually, it sure, it sure it sure does."
0: Except you don't have to dial all these ancient symbols right. to go to the address you're looking. And there's an extra
1: <laughs> archway there
0: extra archway up but uh, th- that's kind of what a stargate is is right. a portal mm-hmm. so and uh, portal's gonna portal <laughs> i guess maybe like uh,
1: city like the guardian of forever device is more like a stargate kind of
0: well i don't know it's very
1: similar it's, they're similar
0: well the guardian of forever uh can take you back in time and anywhere possibly forward in time uh, upon its own whims you know yeah and uh, Spock would know something about that for in two ways, because, of course, there was the uh, oh. episode where he and Kirk go back to. Because McCoy mm-hmm. is. Uh,
1: sitting on the edge of forever?
0: Sick. Yeah, City on the edge of forever. McCoy is sick and he runs. He, he's paranoid and thinks people are out to get him and runs yeah. into the portal, and so they have to go after him. And then there is, uh, of course, uh, the animated series episode. Where S- <laughs> Spock accidentally wipes himself out.
2: <laughs> oh!
0: <laughs> and he has to go back and fix it, <laughs> and that's when we, that's when we meet Aichaya, and uh, he helps him his young spell, self uh, survive this Vulcan ritual of basically being abandoned in the forge or whatever. You got to be careful when you mess around with stuff. You do. step on a butterfly and the entire alphabet's different so
1: i also want to say like we're not there in the episode yet but i did take my parents through second contact first before we watched this episode even though my dad had seen a couple lower decks episodes before and he just didn't really like it my mom hadn't so i'm like you know we're just gonna watch second contact and then we're gonna watch this episode just so they have character context and all that kind of stuff and they Mm -hmm. get the universe and where they're from when they finally met them live act or when they finally saw them at the beginning of this episode and i after the episode they laughed a few times in second contact but then before we started those old scientists i was like so this this really isn't you don't really like this that series too much right referring to lower decks and they were like they just talk too fast and it's they're a little loud and they talk too fast and i was like oh my gosh that is brilliant 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 (laughs) brilliant and you'll see why yeah. in about 37 minutes. <laughs> yeah.
0: So great. So great. And this is why it's amazing to have subtitles on on lower decks because oh, they're you so mi- fast. you can miss so much. So so much.
1: I always watch with subtitles and I still miss so much.
0: Uh well, I've I've watched this episode of Strange to World 6 times. Holy crap. And- uh, it's not going to slow down any It's kind of like every other day at the moment. Anyway, uh, so yeah, Live Action Portal spits out Live Action Boimler, who who lands at the feet of uh, Una and Laon. <laughs> I could not think of her name for some reason. <laughs> I wanted to call her Christina. That's the actress. Uh, actor. I don't like to gender the word actor. Um, I don't either. Because
1: so. I don't go to see the doctress.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> Could I see a doctor please? I am a doctor. A real right. doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I was quoting Barbie. I haven't seen it but I love that scene in the trailer.
1: <laughs> I can't. I just saw it 2 days ago. So I'm yeah. Anyway. Yeah.
0: That's so another great. podcast. Yeah. I'm I'm going to see it this week with Dave. Yay. So he uh, he wants to go. It's Good. it's not like I'm dragging him there. He's totally He's totally into it. Anyway, um, who else was with them? Was, it, was Spock? it Spock? I think it was it Spock. I think it was Spock, Spock, and uh, he, he basically looks in the. Oh, you all look very realistic, yeah. and then faints dead away because why wouldn't you? It probably was a traumatic thing, you know, um, being shot through a portal into 120 years in the past. It's, there's no concussion really going on there, so I don't have to say, oh, no, he would have woken up within, like, a few seconds mm-hmm. unless he was brain damaged. That's not this. This is something completely different. He'd been portaled, you guys. He'd been portaled. He was portaled
1: by the portal. The portal yeah. portaled him.
0: Uh, I think this is uh, one of the shorter cold opens that we've had in in this season, and uh, then the credits start, and immediately I know that they have done this beautiful it. animated redo. As
1: soon as I the saw kids. the lights, I was like, they didn't. Oh. oh, they
0: did. It's so, so beautiful. It's I, I like it almost more <laughs> than yeah. the regular one. Well, it's just like this, it doesn't
1: exist in the, it's just its own, it's like its own series all of a sudden, this mm-hmm. episode, you know? Yeah. And we get the little sucky guy that we don't know what what it is yet. Maybe we will one day. And he made three appearances.
0: Yeah, I, it we he does like to suck and on cells. And it was like <laughs> on fire. at some point. I know. <laughs> like... They were going over that that area where it was just you know really hot and flame shooting up, and it was just on fire. And I love how when they finally get to the end at Starbase One, it, it just. It it detaches and the Enterprise goes on its way. (laughs) And um, I think it was Dan who brought up a very good point that uh, it was kind of like, that's funny because they say in the episode, we're going to drop them off at Starbase One and they'll be their problem Uh, now. So maybe that's what they did. (laughs) This creature dropped it off the Starbase One. It's their problem now. I'm sure April's really happy about that. It's like, what what the fuck are we supposed to do with this? <laughs> it's sucking on all the nacelles of the ships in port. Couldn't steal the ship oh. while
1: that thing was attached to it, Spock?
0: <laughs> Apparently not. Oh, good times. Good times. Beautiful credits. Absolutely yeah. beautiful. It it made me cry a little. I just loved yeah. it so
1: much. Yeah, I... I had many tear moments in this episode, and
0: so after the credits, um, Boimler is uh, on a bio bed, and people looking down at him, and he finally wakes up, and is <laughs> is immediately thinking he's on the holodeck. <laughs> so I I love I love that part of it when he just he finally sits up and he's just like, and Pike's introducing himself, and he finishes him. It's like you're Captain Christopher Pike, and he's like computer in program and everybody looks at each other like what <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing it's funny too because if you watch laon during this scene she immediately knows that oh, yeah. he's a time traveler and she's just waiting for him to screw up so she can come down on him <laughs> i just know it then he he reaches out and he pokes mike in the shoulder he's like my mistake <laughs> and they uh, he's he's basically trying to play it really cool. Boimler can never play it cool. It just it isn't his thing. And Pike's like, hey, we know you're from the future, so whatever it is you're trying to do, you can just stop. <laughs> he's like, Oh, thank God. Because I'm really <laughs> freaking out right now. <laughs> he's fangirling so hard. But that's over the, all the beauty of people. this
1: But that's the amazing thing about this episode. And that's also the amazing thing about lower decks, is that Lower Decks is like if we were there. and they Mm -hmm. Because they are always commenting on the entire universe because they love what they do, they love who they are, they love what they... You know, they're obsessed with the Star Trek universe as much as we are. So, like, it's as if we were beamed on board the Enterprise. It's like we were on there. Like, we live through them going through these experiences, which is what I think makes Lower Decks so special. And then they brought that into... Pike's Enterprise which is just like this is how we would be if we were there this is exactly this is how true. I what I would be saying this is exactly what I their comment they comment on Star Trek like we do except they're in the universe it's so genius <laughs>
0: yeah. it is genius I love the part where Una and Pike are walking down the corridor and she's like oh yeah see this it's a badge but it's also a communicator you oh, just yeah. press it like this and he's <laughs> like But flipping it open's the best part.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I like ours better, too. (laughs) Or
2: something like that. Yeah.
0: I just, it was the way that Pike said it was sort of this childlike wonder. But opening, flipping it open's the best part.
1: Now, wait a minute, though. Was it Pike saw that uh, when Vogue, Ash Tyler, had his Section 31 uh, badge, which was also a communicator, right?
0: Yeah, but it didn't look like a Delta, like this one. It, yeah. it, this one is completely different. His uniform's completely different. Yeah. And he never got to examine the circuitry right. of Tyler's badge. Right. So, and we never really talk about it again No, after that.
2: Co-
1: well, <laughs> we don't talk about We don't. Why would we? <laughs> no, because
0: all of that is classified. Right. All of it. The
1: technology exists, but it does not, does it? No. No. Does it? it?
0: No, it, it absolutely <laughs> doesn't. Uh, it doesn't for uh, the general public until Next Generation. Right. It's so. too much, too soon. Yes. You know, he's, he's basically looking around the room and noting who everybody is. And then Una comes and gives him his badge back. And <laughs> he freaks. He, he away. freaks. And at first I thought, why are you acting weird? And then... When we get to that point where Mariner's talking about the poster, I'm like, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah.
1: That was a very emotional moment for me. Mm-hmm. And for her, too, obviously. But with what we've seen her go through already this season and just knowing her story and what she becomes to the image of Starfleet, like, come on. That's that's yeah. beautiful.
0: It is, especially after you know, so many people were gunning for her. Yeah. And trying to get rid of her. Yeah. I mean she Admiral piss off.
1: She was not she is not allowed technically to have ever been in Starfleet. And then she becomes the face of Starfleet. Literally. So like uh, uh my heart.
0: My heart too. Uh the fangirling continues as Lawn takes the. Uh, <sighs> boimler out of sick bay and he <laughs> immediately he's like oh, this is a classic SCOMS uh oh yeah s- uh board and, and she's like don't touch he's about to start touching buttons she's like don't tawny did not get that memo because of all of the things that she broke on set <laughs> 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 she broke so many things she's like oh a lever oh that wasn't actually right. a lever that was just a piece of wood That's i'm so sorry practical. She put her elbow through a panel oh and my broke gosh. it. You know, just, That's hilarious. She, That's perfect. She, she touched She touched everything. She was literally Mariner. <laughs> I would have too. Yeah, just touching everything.
1: But I did see where they they asked who was like the biggest joker on set, and it was Frakes. They all said it was oh, of Frakes. Course. Yeah, I'm
2: like,
0: of because course Frank's- it was.
1: He, he has to make sure everyone's having a good time. That's how he does yeah. his magic, you know?
0: Well, that's the thing. He's an actor's director. Yeah. He he knows exactly how to get what he needs out of every person on that set. And yeah. he's brilliant for yes. it. I wish yes. he directed everything.
1: And a director's actor.
0: Yeah, that too. The conversation that La'on has with Boimler, she says, okay, you know, I know the future is boring and whatnot, but let's go over the uh, temporal cords and what you can and can't do. And so he's, you know, she starts it off and he's finishing her sentences and she says, you know, number three, don't get attached. And he's like, wait, I don't remember that one. And she says, no, it's from personal experience. And he says, oh, have you time traveled too? and she doesn't answer him no. directly and she says a small change here and now we won't feel it but you could end up destroying your future
2: mhm
1: and i i just think it's so funny that, i mean she's i think that the two of them together is perfection just mm-hmm. because they're they could not be any more different from each <laughs> other <laughs> but like the fact that she's had one time travel experience and now she's so serious about the protocol and everything. And I'm like, talk to me after you've gone to San Francisco in the 80s or something like,
2: <laughs> you
1: know, I don't, yeah, I also but... don't think this is that was that will be her last time travel experience either.
0: It's it's possible. But the thing is, is that it was a traumatic experience for her. Yeah. And so they would have to force her to do it again they would it would have to be some really dire circumstances for her to agree to do that well, again
1: they just the they just the time police just come back and say we need you on to go on another mission you don't have a choice you know yeah it's just and she'd be like well okay she'd have to she would do it yeah she's duty she bound
2: enjoy
0: it
1: well she's a pro now she's 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 a pro time traveler she's a perfect yeah. person to do that kind of stuff
0: but it's not fun fun for her
1: no because she it's was it's very personal now like there's it's never not going to be you know associated with personal trauma and feelings and vulnerability and the emotions and all that kind of stuff you know
0: yeah and it's kind of like she's doubled down on Mm -hmm. locking that down now yeah this is what happens when I open my heart and be vulnerable I get hurt in the worst way yeah because that's the way it works on not every experience you have when you're being open and vulnerable, it's going to be a positive one, but right. you cannot have a positive one without being open and vulnerable. And mm-hmm. she hasn't figured that out yet.
1: I do think it's interesting that, you know, potentially forecasting unrelated to this episode, potentially forecasting a more personal relationship between Laon and uh, Kirk, and then connecting that with Kirk's personal feelings to con like i think oh this is this is adding juicy details to that you know future encounter with the botany bay and all that you know
0: i cannot comment on that
1: okay <laughs> well i mean we saw a little bit of laon and kirk in the last episode or two episodes ago and you know yeah. there's a little bit of like hey how you doing going on
0: yeah but i've seen things that you have
1: i know you have <laughs> Barely. So
0: I can't, I cannot say anything about that. So I just won't. Okay. I just won't. But I do love, I say this a lot. I I love this. I love the scene where he's basically in Pike's ready room and there's the saddle on on the stand and he's doing an instant log. Uh, Stardate, the past? (laughs) He doesn't even know.
1: He's like, oh yeah five numbers because that's a totally normal
0: (laughs) yeah but that's the thing he's just like oh i can't actually say what the star date is because that would be bad and then he's talking about waiting and then he sees the saddle and he goes over to it well me touching this can't change the future can it (laughs) riker did, that, that was, i laughed so goddamn hard when that happened wait i thought i was gonna lose my breath there's
1: like a back there's a story behind that behind the scenes story of when he decided to do that right was that his idea or was that like
0: that was that was his idea he right. wanted to do that yeah. and especially because Frakes was there well and yeah so Yeah. And so he's, he just, he did it and didn't know if they were going to keep it and they kept it. So (laughs) So, genius. Because Frakes was like, yeah, we're keeping that. Oh, well, yeah.
1: I mean, that was like to give that gift to, to, to Jonathan Frakes. It's like, oh, he he just, he just like, hit him right where it feels good i'm sure when that happens. oh yes oh
0: yes he loved working on this episode yeah loved it of course and and frakes frakes was also present when they did the dialogue recording for the animated oh parts.
1: nice good yeah so well, yeah he should he, yeah of course
0: yeah so that was actually really cool for him because obviously he doesn't usually get to take part in that right because uh, he's been on the show, he's been on Lower Decks, mm-hmm. done voices for it, but he hasn't been there watching, you know, Mike McMahon direct Tawny and Jack and and Noel and Eugene, so that was that was cool for him. He said, yeah, we have very different styles, but. Because that's the thing with Mike McMahon. He's always like, okay, let's do it once it's scripted. Now do it how you want. Right. Improvise. And a lot of the improvised stuff makes it in. Oh,
1: yeah. Of course. So
0: Because it's just when you have people who are that quick and that funny. And who are you also just, fans. You know. Yeah. You, you let them do it. You let them do it. Well, the, the beautiful thing is Jack wasn't a Star Trek fan before this. He never really watched it. But... Hell yeah, he's a Star Trek fan now. Oh yeah, (laughs) he's so adorable. Yeah, I love that saddle scene so much. It's one of my favorite things. (laughs) Just the way it goes, Riker, because he's so tall. He's so tall, and
1: like so. I when I told my dad at the end, and my parents at the episode, at the end of the episode, I was like, you know, that's Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan's son, right? And they were like, what? And I'm like, yeah, that's, and you can totally see it, you know
0: yeah and he's he actually like he has his mom's eyes big time totally yeah he's built like his dad for sure oh he's he's built better than his dad (laughs) yeah (laughs) well because you know they're kind of like
1: i mean they're not they're lanky but they're not like it's not like gangly skinny lanky you know they're like i don't know i i've i I mean i had a crush on dennis quaid when i was younger too for sure
0: yeah i i never younger
1: pictures in the young like the 80s kind of the 80s stuff i kind of yeah Oh, he he was he was, handsome. He, he was
0: never one of those for me. Yeah, I I had nothing against him, but he was never one of those people. where I'm like, oh yeah, he's hot. Yeah, just uh, you know, he was fine. But yeah. I, I never had that. Oh, that he, this is Dennis Quaid's in this. No, I have to see it. Right. Yeah. Was no. It's never that way for me. But which is fine. Which is totally fine. No disrespect. There's just something. It's Jack is just this beautiful combination of his parents. I mean, <laughs> but he looks. He's... He looks so much like his mom. Like, if you were to see younger pictures of him uh-huh. when he was, like, 10, 11, he was like his mom in Mini boy Meg? form. Yeah, I bet. yeah. He just, he really looks like her yeah. in many ways. But I, I think he has his dad's jaw. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> and this is when uh, Boyler gets to meet Uhura, because she's come in there to work, and he has a little bit of a chat with her, but she's he basically starts to understand, oh, this isn't quite the uh, the Uhura that we know because Mariner was talking about her being fun-loving and uh, carefree and yet when work needed to be done, she was the best at it mm-hmm. and just like this whole package. And that isn't Uhura yet.
1: Right, right. And this is another thing that I love about what they're doing. Bringing, bringing these characters onto Pike's Enterprise it just validates all of these characters that we've known for decades and that we love. It validates their journey so much more because they also know them like we know them. We know, how we know these characters historically is how Mariner, how Boimler know them, right? But they're not they're not those characters they're not those people yet. You know, they're still 10, 15, 20 years 25 years away from those characters when we knew them and so they're like it just they just it just really i don't know it just breathes life into them and it validates them it brings those characters to life even more for me
0: indeed and there's something we're we're probably going to jump around i'm not going to go through this episode linearly i can't (laughs) i can't but when Spock and Jack and Jack and Boimler and Mbenga are down on the planet again, trying to reactivate the portal and scanning it, trying to figure it out. And Boimler basically makes a joke about attributing something to chance, you know, like a freak Uh, happening. And he laughs and Boimler freaks out because he's like, oh, my God, I broke Spock. (laughs) how did i break spock why and when he's talking to chapel in the turbo lift later and he's he's confessing to her he thinks that he broke Spock, and she's like no he was acting like this beforehand before you got here and so he was really relieved about that and he's like no i've read every book about this guy and i'm like that doesn't mean you know somebody right yeah that doesn't mean you've right. seen them doing their job in their everyday life. Right.
1: But you'd imagine there's like videos and stuff, right? Like TikToks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I please, God, let there not be social media <laughs> in the future. Please.
1: Please. No,
0: please don't have that.
1: And I mean, like, maybe like in a year or two, could it go away completely? <laughs>
0: yeah, it'd be great. So he's, he thinks he, you can't know everything about a person from reading a book about them yeah, even the most detailed biography or autobiography is not going to give you a full picture of somebody's life Right, it's just not so I found it ridiculous that he would think that having read every book about Spock would make him an expert on Spock I thought that was funny <laughs> but he like, still oh, knew boy,
1: enough to know that he was acting out of character you well know? yeah it,
0: you would think that about any Vulcan that's true. who was behaving yeah. that way. I
1: mean, it made me, it threw me off, like, and it purposefully was written and acted and directed that way. Obviously, it was like, whoa, that's, Spock is really experimenting, like, he's kind of mm. over, <laughs> overcompensating here quite a bit. Well,
0: you see, that's, that's the interesting thing, and let's talk about that okay. for a second, is how Spock is experimenting right. with human emotion. And so the creepy smiles. Yes. Let's talk about yes, the creepy please. smiles.
1: Let's talk about the first one.
0: <laughs> the first one, which is when uh, they're in the port galley. That's the name of the bar, y'all. It's the, the called port the galley. port galley. So, and he's with the chapel and Erica, and they are giving him shit. They're giving Boimler shit, because he's he's doing like some stuff on a pad, and they're like, "You're not entering, you know, future information on that, are you?" He's like, no, no. I don't think so. And then he's sitting down and like erasing everything. And uh, Chapel says, "Has the uncontrolled vomiting started yet?" <laughs> <laughs> Just messing with the poor guy. But uh, anyway,s Spot comes in and Chapel's like, "Oh, I I gotta go." And that's when he gives the first creepy smile. Now this is again the genius of Ethan Peck because it's a smile that doesn't reach his eyes. Okay. You and I know what he looks like when he smiles. Yeah, yeah. For real. Oh yeah. But this was this was almost like a performance. It was.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it was almost like I need to I need to bring my happiness to see you to the surface and make you see it. <laughs> yeah. Because it, it will make you feel lot. good to know that I am enjoying seeing you.
0: <laughs> it, it was it was a lot. It was a lot. A lot. Yeah. The the one that I, that made me laugh the most though was when they were trying to um, synthesize heronium and they were putting the lid on the the agitator or whatever it was, and uh, he, he, Spock says, I find myself curious about chance. And then he looks at Boindler and smiles and says, do you feel lucky? <laughs> <laughs> uh... That one actually was probably the most genuine forced smile of the bunch. Yeah,
1: that was good. It
0: was the closest to being genuine. So, yeah, it's that's uncomfortable. All of those sort of outbursts of yeah. emotion just felt... And I think it was meant to be this way. They felt artificial Mm -hmm. because he's he he hasn't been raised to do this. Yeah.
1: It's not like all of a sudden he's going to be like have all these quick, you know, comfortable quips and jabs and little sarcastic moments. And like he does not know how to joke around. He does. He it's not a natural thing for him. And it never really will be, you know, at least not to that extent. You know, he 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 knows he will learn how to temper them, especially with the help of Kirk. You know, in the future, yeah. but right now it's like, uh, yeah, it's like Data telling a joke.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Well, Spock does have a sense of humor. Yeah, he does, <laughs> which is uncommon, and I, I will attribute that to his human side.
1: I think he has some of the best jabs, in, you know, in the original series.
0: Mm-hmm. Always. And in the films, Always. especially. Yep. And it's usually at McCoy. <laughs> mm-hmm. But McCoy... Deserves ...brings it. it on himself. He deserves it. You know? McCoy is a he racist does. a lot of the time. He is. <laughs> he is. Anyway, they figure out that uh, they need Heronium to power the portal, but uh, before that, they were going to get Boimler back. There was enough Heronium for one trip, and so they were g- going to get him back, and... The portal activates, and unfortunately, Mariner comes through. Oh, fortunately. Basically. Fortunately. <laughs> fortunately. <laughs> well, yeah, fortunately. And uh, she's so excited. She's like, hell yeah, I did it! Oh, my She's gosh. so proud of herself, not realizing that she has now stuck them both <laughs> until later. But uh, Mariner um, and Boimler, in animated form, don't seem like they're that tall, but Jack and Tawny are very tall. Yeah, Tawny is like five ten, five eleven. Is least. she really? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, I didn't she's, realize that. I knew she's he was taller tall. than I am, and uh, and he's six foot two.
1: Wow. So I think, he's, I think he was six four.
0: No, he's six two. Do you want me to look it up on IMDb right I now? Don't, I don't
1: thought care. I, I thought I saw that he was 6'4 and Dennis was 6'2. I thought he was two inches taller than dad. But maybe I just added, maybe I added inches to him. I don't know. <laughs> I do know that, there's a dirty joke in there. I do know that when they were talking about bringing these characters to life, I think that Tawny was having a conversation and she was like, they were she and the person that was talking about hairstyle, they were both like, I'm thinking curls. Curls, right? I think we're going to, we should do curls. And they were like, and Tani was like, yeah, definitely curls.
0: Yes. Oh yeah. She wanted curls mm-hmm. for sure.
1: It perfect. So,
0: well, I'm getting different reports of his height. Okay. Like well, says, he's, he tall. Yeah. He tall. He's over <laughs> he tall. six feet. He's over yes, six feet. Definitely. So, because I know Ethan is six feet tall and he's like a couple inches over that. Oh, interesting.
1: So, yeah. So we're mm. going to go with six two. We're going to go sure. with that. Great. 6'3". 6'5". 6'2 is fine. I, I don't, does not matter really. <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, I, I'm i used to being taller than a lot of men. Um, yeah. So, except my two brothers-in-law, they're both 6'5". So when I'm around them, I feel short.
1: Dave's because... brothers are that tall?
0: No, it's uh, my sister's husband's.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yes, Dave does not have any brothers.
1: I didn't think so. That's why I was okay. He has <laughs> a like, sister, well, okay. but no,
0: no brothers. Long story short, too late. Uh, Mariner gets up and she's like, "Oh shit, sorry," <laughs> <laughs> and she's you know, and it's uh Pike and Spock and um I think it's uh I think it's Lawn again okay. if I remember. And she's like, oh, yeah, um, you guys are great. Is Uhura here? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you guys, it's great great to meet you guys, but is is she here? (laughs) Because she had been talking about how, you know, much she loves Uhura and how how cool she is. And that leads to them getting taken back to the ship and Pike's long-suffering look. He has oh, so many long suffering looks in this episode. He, honestly,
1: this season he's got like a lot of saying so many things without saying a word. You yeah, know?
0: and and in this episode in particular, there are so many wide eyed stares where yeah. he's just looking at people going, "Shut up."
1: It's great though because then he, now he is commenting on. The lower decks world, you know, from his perspective and from his world. And I think it's great. It's great to see these two things Mm coexisting and honoring each other while also commenting and making fun of each other. Yes. You know?
0: Which is brilliant. I, it's
1: just so great. Especially when and I think and I think back to when Lower Decks first aired and all the people were like, This isn't Star Trek, this isn't how people would act on a starship. This and and Pike is like, Yeah, this isn't how my ancestors <laughs> act on my ship, you know, but it's still Star Trek, it's still a Starfleet vessel, you know. They're 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 different. They're a different yeah. generation, they're a different century, they're different people and they work very well together. They yeah. they they complement each other flawlessly because of interactions like that because of Pike rolling his eyes and clearly biting his tongue you know
0: <laughs> yeah and I totally skipped over the whole thing where the Orion steal the portal oh yeah so uh
1: sexy Orion by the way
0: what now sexy Orion, sexy
1: Orion scientist
0: <laughs> yeah his I, uh, I do love how boimler was just like they say that this ship is in is coming into orbit and who was it who says they think it's orion and boimler's like oh that's totally an orion ship mm-hmm. and, well, we skip over oh, a lot <laughs> yeah and and that was one of those things where pike looks at him like shut your mouth stop yeah. saying stuff and they steal the portal and run away. They, ha- you know, they they co- try to contact him, and Boimler's trying to convince them this is not a pirate ship. You know, in my future, it is offensive to assume that every Orion is a pirate. Mm-hmm. And I
1: love that. I,
0: I happen to know this is a peaceful vessel, and so Pike listens to him, and finally the ship answers the hail, and we get our peek at uh, our Orion science ship, and they steal the portal and what
1: a cool freaking ship though like it's yes. so cool
0: so very very cool and so pike's of course very irritated that he listened to boimler but i'm like what what would be the difference i mean what would you have done right would you have shot the ship down because right. boimler's just like hey no um my one of my friends great grandmothers is on that ship and if you have a an altercation with them, you could change the future and make her not exist. Mm -hmm. That was another argument as to why Pike didn't do what he would have done in other circumstances, which is, you know, fire on the ship, throw a tractor beam on it or whatever, you know, basically whatever you would do. I love
1: the, like the tracking situation.
0: Okay. Yes. This we have to talk about. Yeah. Cause, uh, they're saying, you know, there's no way to... They basically send uh, Boimler off the bridge. He does end up coming back to the bridge, and he's hearing them... Uh, Spock say, you know, I could brute force a solution, but it would still take more time than we have, and there's just nothing we can do to track this ship. And Boimler's like, I know how to track an Orion ship. <laughs> and they just Careful. look at him like, no... <laughs> And he said, well, what if I use future technology and knowledge and you just don't look?
1: One of his best lines.
0: <laughs> and she says, we can't just not look, can we? <laughs> and you see the five of them standing of in line with and their then, backs to Boimler.
1: <laughs> and then Boimler jury rigging the whole thing with wires everywhere underneath reaching up from behind, which is a classic lower deck scene. With wires yeah. everywhere. I mean, his, it just looks foot, like it should be animated.
0: Yeah, his right foot is caught in one of the cables. It's like wrapped around and hanging. It's perfection. <laughs> he's trying to do this. And he finally finally gets it done, and then he's like slapping the yeah. console. He can't really see. He's just slapping the console and then activates it. And he's like, okay. It might be a minute. That and is he's just wrapped in cables
1: Jonathan like, Frakes written uh, all over it.
0: It's just it's perfection. It's yeah, absolute it's perfection. perfection. Yeah. So they, they have this confrontation with the Orions and get them to put the portal back by get being them all the tri Not to be confused with quadro triticale. Uh-huh.
1: Or Tetrisell White.
0: Yeah. Well tritra quadro is a Well, it's an triticale is an actual grain. Is an okay. actual grain that exists. Um, what the tri and quadro mean, I don't know, but quadro triticale was responsible for the triple infestation of the K7 <gasps> oh. space station, which uh, also had, you know, right. our first real look at Klingons in the original series. Yes, so.
1: and also had some future travelers <laughs> on board.
0: Yep. Uh,
1: oh, w- so they that's interesting that they cuz that's kind of like a connection between those two episodes. Mhm. Hmm. I thought Smart. the same thing.
0: I'm like, "Oh, so triple food. They're taking triple food to this colony." Mm-hmm. So, and they hadn't delivered the food yet, and so the Orions say, you know, Bornley does tell them that Orions like to trade. And so they end up trading that grain for the portal. And that's how we get to the point where Boindler is supposed to go back through the portal. And instead, mm-hmm. Mariner comes through. Right. And then they're both in trouble and both sitting around a table trying to figure out what to do. He's, he's wanting to just be done with all of this. He's so frustrated with them. It was um, at this point that they're trying to figure out how to reactivate this portal And there's an inscription on it which can't be translated and so Uhura is the one who's been tasked with translating that and Mariner's like I can help with that I've got linguistics experience and you can see Boimler side eye her like the hell you two (laughs) (laughs) I mean I guess she's
1: Sorta, of, she knows a lot of species. She's friends with species all over the place. You know. I mean, yeah,
0: but she does not have linguistics, have experience, linguistics experience at all. Yeah. She just wants to meet Uhura, right? And so, uh, she she offers to go help Uhura, and Pike says, "Yeah, I want to say no, but at this point, how much worse <laughs> could this get? How much more damage could you do? Yeah, just go ahead." And then she she recommends that. That Boimler work with Spock, and he's like, "No," and she says, "You, you can't tell me that this doesn't tick off some weird box for you."
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Also, also, Mariner talking about, she, I love, I can't quote it exactly, but she says, "You know, I'm." I'm going to be 100% profesh about this, but mm-hmm. I was not prepared for how hot young Spock is. I mean, the body, the ears, the the voice. See, she's, <laughs> she's,
1: it's like she knows us.
0: <laughs> yeah, she was saying what we've all been saying since 2019. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's when uh, Spock actually says, yeah, actually, I could use Spock a hand uh, another pair of hands to try and synthesize the heronium because heronium is the only thing that's going to make the portal work and they don't have any and so mm-hmm. they're going to try and synthesize it because science <laughs> and yeah I and I thought, he has a
1: joke again about his hand
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh you know if you're not afraid of losing one and does that creepy smile
1: mm-hmm. i will say this scene the first time that i watched the episode i i i just forgot that i was gonna do it i just was enjoying it and i was in it and then as soon as we were in the thick of the mariner uhura scene i wrote down my first note which was uhura slash mariner because the scene just was so impactful to me Mm. and like i was crying during that scene With the two of them because i just it was it was such a beautiful moment and like having met nichelle nichols who originally portrayed uhura and then like seeing you know this younger version of her beautifully written and scripted and acted combined with mariner you know i was just seeing the two of them together was was beautiful it was very meaningful
0: yeah I, I love the scene, too, because Mariner is is basically sitting there like we would all be sitting there if we were sitting in a room with Uhura. We just she's hugging her knees and she's just like so excited. She's almost rocking back and forth, but yeah. not quite. But and she, yeah, she talks about how, you know, Uhura is just. She's she says, Oh, you're just this amazing person. You're so good at what you do and yet you know how to have fun and everybody <laughs> just really admires and respects you and this isn't that Uhura yet. Right. And she basically says, Well, that's nice to know 'cause I'm not that right now.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I go deeper like in a more level on the level of like, um, you know, Whoopi Goldberg seeing Nichelle Nichols on TV, Nichelle Nichols opening the door for Mariners, you mm-hmm. know, Uhura opened the door for Mariners and, and people, you know, female, female identifying people of color and like, you know, being in space, flying through space, be, you know, not being the housekeeper and all of that kind of stuff i just think about the lo- like the, the larger impact of seeing these two characters together which kind of like bookend the star trek universe you know mm. in many ways and i just i don't know and it's obviously hilarious yes and all that kind of stuff but i went i always go a little bit more introspective with it and it just like it just was like i don't know i had no words really any more words obviously i have some words because i've been rambling on about it but <laughs> It really moved me.
0: Well, it's it's bringing about, I think, sort of this concept of full circle, is that yes. Tawny, this scene has three layers, because it's Mariner fangirling over Uhura, right. it's Tawny fangirling over Uhura, and it's Tawny fangirling over Celia. So right. you have all three of those things going on.
1: And... I mean, Celia is like, she's commenting on also on playing this character, mm-hmm. which was so iconic because of Nichelle Nichols. And of course, the creators and Jean Robert and everybody. But like, Celia herself is talking about the weight, you know, all of this weight that's on her shoulders. And I'm like, yes, it's true for the character, but it's also true for the actor. Mm-hmm. And like, it's just be it's just delicious.
0: It is it's it's beautiful, it's beautifully layered. I appreciate that Mariner makes Uhura take a break by quoting Starfleet regulation yes,
1: <laughs> and the fact that it's Mariner has some a little influence on Uhura mm-hmm. helped her to get to lighten up just a little bit.
0: seems to me like maybe this was always supposed to happen,
1: right. She's a good, bad influence.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she is a good, bad influence. It's a good thing, though, that they didn't have any Orion Delac because they would have been so smashed after yeah. two sips of that drink.
1: <laughs> I This scene and this, well, seeing Tani IRL really made me appreciate Mariner a whole lot more and respect her a whole lot more. I think Mm -hmm. it's easy to forget about that when it's an animated version. But when you see, you know, who she really is and why she does the things that she does and the magic and wonder that she has just as a person, Mariner and Tani, obviously, I, I just feel like, oh, this is why she's a Starfleet officer. Yeah. You know, this is why she belongs.
0: The idea of all of Star Trek having to be this certain particular standard, if you think about how many thousands if not hundreds of thousands of ships are in starfleet spread across the quadrant the idea that every one of them runs their ship the same way as what we're seeing in each of these series is ridiculous yeah. it is ridiculous and that is why i love lower decks because there are a ton of ships like that in starfleet there'd have to be Mm -hmm. not every ship is going to be the flagship not every ship is going to be the brand spanking new first of its class uh voyager best of the best
1: top of the top of the you know yeah top top people in class you know yeah
0: it's not always it's not always going to be that and it shouldn't always be that because infinite diversity people come on yeah come on so stop judging lower decks by any other metric. It's its own thing.
1: I think that this episode will change a lot of things for newer fans who mm-hmm. may not have who might not have gone down the Lower Decks road yet.
0: Oh, they I think this episode created a lot yes. of Lower Decks fans. Yes, I think it did. Def. I, uh, I I, just love Mariner's good, bad influence because mm-hmm. she knows that it's necessary to take breaks Sometimes you have to walk away from something for a minute and do something completely different for you to find the solution to that thing you walked away from. That's happened Mm. to me a lot of times, where I just like I don't know what to do about this, and then I'm doing something else and go,
1: oh, oh, oh. You're supposed to stop. Oh, 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 oh. oh." (laughs) (laughs) You're supposed to stop doing that. (laughs) Yeah, because it's not working right now
2: yeah
0: you <laughs> do just, something else <laughs> you you let it go for a little while you do something else and see what happens and most of the time I'm not gonna say 100% of the time but I would say 99% of the time that's how I get to the solution or, or whatever it is that I need to do or whatever I need to figure out is by not thinking about it for a mm-hmm. while because you can turn it over and over and over in your head and you can you know look through all of these different languages. Loved seeing Cardassian on there. Loved seeing Bajoran, Bajoran. on there, etc. Loved that they talked about the Noskans. I know. <laughs> so Noskans were known along with Domjot that far yeah. back. Nice yeah. job. Who knew? I I loved that Erica described it as something. Or was it Erica? Or was Naus- it Mariners play Mariner. a lot, but it's, it's not, Mar- terrible uh, at or something. Yeah, <laughs> Mariner says that it's something that Naskins are terrible at, but love to bet on for some reason. <laughs> well, when you see a dom table, you're like, "What? How the fuck do you win yeah. this? <laughs> Why have you put all of these bumpers? It's like it's like a pinball game, but with <laughs> pool cues. <laughs> right. Why would you do that?" <laughs> who thought this up. So that's when uh, they discover, hey, yeah, this is Nasken. It's an old version of Nasken. So they finally got the answer. I love that it's a total dead end though. That is so that is so real to me that it's they find out that what it says is this is a time portal. <laughs>
1: I think that's really good writing. Like cr- putting is- putting a device in there that that really ties the characters and the plots and the story together, and then it ends up not being helpful. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least we have this time together figuring it out. Yeah. Not that it did us any good after that, but...
0: No. Little things to touch on before we get to really the the finale
1: of mm-hmm. this episode. Okay.
0: Uh, Mariner talking to... Well, Una flagging Mariner down and asking <sighs> her why Boimler <sighs> is so freaked out around mm-hmm. her. And she tells... Uh, Una about the poster as well yeah he has a poster of you in his bunk <laughs> and she's like a poster like a pinup poster Okay. and Mariner's <laughs> like it's a poster that is pinned up are we talking about the same thing
1: right so apparently the term pinup loses its colloquial meaning sometime between <laughs> Pike's Enterprise and Lower Decks Century or mm-hmm. like it just doesn't mean the same thing or yeah. hundred and
0: twenty years give or take in the future. Yeah. Pin up does not mean the same thing. It Maybe means that's a good it, thing. It goes back to meaning it's literal thing. It's something right. that is pinned up. Right. <laughs> and and Mariner was going to explain, but Una's like, you know what? I don't wanna know. I don't wanna know <laughs> And I thought, but you do.
1: You do. You, you of do. course she does.
0: So you've got the wrong idea. So there was that. There was Boimler basically leaking that Pike's birthday is a holiday in the future. Right. (laughs) And because he's saying they're talking about movie night. Erica and and Chapel are talking about doing a movie night that Friday. And he says, oh, is this something that you're doing for Captain Pike's birthday? And they're like, it's his birthday on Friday? They had no idea. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, yeah, we should totally do that. You know, if you're still around, you should come. And later, when the whole mess has basically failed, so let's talk about the heronium synthesizing. (laughs) I'm leaving all that in. Boimler and Spock are talking while doing this, and he's got everything in this little, well, it's not little, in this vial that they put into this, what I'm assuming is some kind of accelerator Boimler is worried that it's not going to work. Like they've got these special gloves on, so obviously this is very volatile what they're doing. And they put this basically—it looks like a really heavy, like cast iron lid that they're putting on this accelerator.
1: It's like a pressure cooker,
0: <laughs> kind of like that. And uh, and that's when you know Spock does his, "Do you feel lucky?" Yeah. <laughs> and when there's like, "No." And they turn it on and immediately it starts, uh, they put on protective glasses, immediately it starts sparking. Spock is already, he's like noping right into cover. He's like. Yeah. He like, just
1: totally beelined out yeah, of there. He's like,
0: yeah, this is bad.
1: And then he uh, waits a few seconds before he tells Boimler to find cover
0: of like, Yeah. To seek cover. Well, Boimler should have done that himself, but he was just so, he was flustered in that moment, I think. And you're never thinking clearly when you're flustered and we get probably my favorite series of Boimler screams in this entire episode (laughs) and then the thing basically explodes and we have this uh, camera on Boimler and Spock and all of this detritus comes flying over them, lands on them, but they're okay and then they both stand up and do my, one of my favorite things in this entire episode is they both just lean out and (laughs) look oh yeah to see what happens like yeah that didn't work um oh one more thing that I forgot to touch on Boimler speed walking away when yes, he saw yes
1: it. yes yes that so great I, it shouldn't work <laughs>
0: <But> <laughs> it, it should does. not
1: work it really shouldn't work in real life
0: I know I but don't know butt. how he would managed that like the but butt he, sticking he out nailed. he nailed it he yeah. nailed it mm-hmm I don't know how long he practiced to do that, but damn. Damn, Jack, you nailed it. So,
1: so, like...
0: Just, yeah.
1: I don't even know what to say about that.
0: It was amazing. That's that's what I will say. And I was literally, like, slamming my hand down on the sofa cushions over and over and just laughing at the top of my lungs.
1: Yeah, it's great. I really uh, loved the... Um, they sort of have a whole Trelane thing going on right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: it's like, yeah, don't say Jew. Holy shown He Q. hasn't, sh- he hasn't shown up yet. Yeah, they're basically going to try to escape. Well, they're going to try and, and sneak out on a shuttle. And uh, well, actually, I don't know that they were going to sneak out, but they were going to use the shuttle for communicating with the Orion ship to reverse this trade, basically, because... There a lot of people are going to starve or have to be relocated from this colony without that Tritriticale. And Boimler doesn't want that. He sends this message, which they think gets blocked. They're caught immediately by Laon.
2: Of course. Especially
0: right after Mariner says how she's never, he never, she never gets caught. And then she immediately gets caught. Well, I mean, she, there's,
1: from the moment that La'an had that conversation with him she has kept her there's no way she has not kept her cup close tabs on them the entire time mm-hmm. you know especially with chapel and Artegas and all of them talking with them all the time you know she's she's on it she's on at the, the entire time
0: yeah i was not surprised by that at all Mm-mm. so they get busted and marched back to pike's quarters and he is very annoyed and he asks Laon to leave um And they think they're going to get a big dressing down. And he's like, I understand that you have been encouraging my crew to give me a surprise party. Please stop doing that. Just this world weary. This was
1: a very Pike moment.
0: (sighs) Yeah, just please stop doing that. This is when we get the explanation for why Pike doesn't want to celebrate his birthday.
1: And this is where they go in and they make this silly comedic crossover episode, develop our characters in this series even further, give us more context to them. They did it with Chapel. They did it with Spock. They did it with Lawn. They're doing it with Pike now. And -hmm. we're getting all of this like, oh, here's some more Pike damage for you in the the middle of all this silliness.
0: Yeah, because we know next to nothing about pike's um background his parents Mm -hmm. whether he has siblings you know he
1: was like spiritual of some sort of man of faith sort of thing then they stopped talking about that
0: yeah well that's the thing is he talked his father taught theology but also science right and so it was a weird balance between the two but uh, this is when Pike admits that he didn't get along with his dad and sometimes downright hated his guts
1: and they never ended their they never patched it up
0: no they they didn't he he said I, this is the first year that I am older than my dad was when he died and what he was planning on doing is going to one of the moons after they delivered the grain and and, <laughs> uh, and basically go ice fishing and have that last argument. Yeah. So just cause he just wanted one last argument and Boimler in the way the only Boimler can says, you know, I, I understand that, but how many people on this ship after someday when you're gone? would want to have just one more conversation with you and you see it hit pike you see it it's so subtle but you see it happen the realization And mm-hmm. it's it's all it's mostly in his eyes just brilliant it's brilliant acting it's just so well done well and Jack
1: Quaid showing the range of this char- of his of himself but of this character of Boimler too to be able to deliver that message Knowing Boimler and all of his Boimlerness. Mm-hmm. you know, he gets that. Yeah.
0: Because Boimler is really in touch with his feelings. Mm-hmm. And again, that's why I identify super hard.
1: <laughs> he's just goofy, <laughs> sure. but like, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's he's fine. A because... He's a sensitive guy. Yeah. I And I love that about him. Yeah. Oh, Boimler. So the long and short of it is actually that message did get to the Orions and they did bring the portal back and they well they did come back to the portal rather and we're going to give back the grain but Pike explains to them hey that we didn't actually send that that was sent without my permission but this is what's going on these two guys are from the future. They came through that portal and we got to send them back. And basically, the Orion scientist is like, Well, what's in it for us? We don't like our time wasted. Basically, Mariner starts talking about, Mariner and Boimler start talking about how in the future they have an Orion friend and her great grandmother was on the ship. And sometimes her name is uh, Tendi. And, but sometimes she goes by the mistress of the winter constellations. And that captain recognized that name. He knew that. Because. The attendee on his ship probably goes by that name. <laughs> I love that. Sometimes, yeah. Just beautiful. Pike says, okay, if you give us back the grain and let's you let us send these guys home, we'll say that Orion's discovered this portal. Orion scientists.
1: That's all I've ever wanted.
0: That's all he wanted because he wasn't... He wasn't joking when, in their first contact, he said that Orion pirates gave the rest of them a bad name. That was, he was being absolutely truthful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're like, "Okay, go ahead, use the portal," and they all filter off. And so it's time to send our intrepid ensigns back to their own time. I skipped over them leaving the ship and transporting down to the planet with uh, Spock wishing Boimler live long and prosper. And oh, yeah. everybody's I, smiling, but was just like awestruck, like he doesn't know what to do. He's frozen. <laughs> He's just like, Whoa, what? I, and,
1: too, you live, <laughs> whatever he says. Uh,
0: you live also. So many takes for that one. I honestly hope that they take all of the alternate takes from this episode and put them on the Blu-ray. When they put the Blu-ray out, because I want to see all the alternate versions, because there was one where Jack had Tawny absolutely howling with laughter, where he was just going, live, live (laughs) all the time, (laughs) (laughs) just live. (laughs) So they uh, have this Heronium, and they take it back down to the portal, and they activate it, and... We hear Tendy and Rutherford saying, oh, we'll come through and get you. and No, they're like, no, 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 we're, we're, <laughs> we're, we're going to come back. And they have their fond farewells and go back into their world, their time. Mariner does explain, of course, I keep forgetting things in this scene right before uh, I go like, back to the planet. I have like three. <laughs> yeah. See, this is what happens when I don't do it in order. And it's fine because I still... Miss things in order, even though I've watched this six times. But this is when Mariner, uh, in the transporter room, she says to Una, "I, I think you misunderstood the whole poster." And when you hear when she says the word "poster," Boimler's looking over like, "Shit, you told her," (laughs) and she and she she motions him over, and she says, "No, it's it's a recruitment poster for Starfleet." You are the literal poster girl woman mm-hmm. for Starfleet. And Boimler says, "Yeah, you were one of the big reasons why I joined F- Starfleet." Ad Astra Per Aspera.
1: Ah, uh, when he said that, and I was like, oh.
0: "She's she's just like they put that on the poster?
1: Me, the one who shouldn't be in Starfleet and was rejected yeah. for who she is and, you know." Yeah. Ah.
0: Who barely escaped being incarcerated for 20 years.
1: Court-martialed.
0: Yeah. Uh and just she her eyes get a little glossy and she she says uh that you're revealing this information to me is deeply troubling.
1: I love that. It's it's what she's supposed to do. It's who she is yeah. to answer that way. It's who I she guess. is. And then but she that's says, not all she is.
0: But thanks all the same. And then, the and wink. then she winks at boiler <laughs> Oh my god. Don't
1: you feel like she was kind of winking at you too? Like I was just like,
0: <laughs> yes. "Oh, I felt like she was was winking
1: at me. She saw me. I know. I know.
0: Anyway, just two really beautiful things happen in that transporter room scene. And so our intrepid ensigns are back on the Cerritos. And Boimler's first words, you know, as he comes out of the portal, Hey, guess what, Tendy? Orion's really did discover this portal. She's like, yeah, I told you. (laughs) And I love how that he's just fine with that now. He, He knows the actual history and it's fine Mm-hmm. It's fine. The Orions needed that. And he was happy to give that to them and to give that to Tendi. And when they're back on the ship and they're talking about the things that they can't really talk about. And uh, Boimler, again, has got his little closet door open and you see the full yes. poster in there.
1: And when Daddy Ransom walks by, hottest <laughs> first officer and stuff, or whatever he says yeah. like that, I was just like.
0: Oh. numero una hottest first officer in starfleet mm-hmm. and i'm just like ew and then i remember oh but it's jerry's wife
1: <laughs> they're married in real life i told my parents i'm like so do you remember sliders <laughs> i just
2: like
0: i oh, loved yeah, sliders
1: oh yeah i loved sliders i mean i i i loved jerry o'connell for uh yeah ever
0: i i watched and him grow Begley. up So, I -hmm. mean, we grew up together. He's not that much younger than we are. So
1: I think he's maybe the same, maybe in between the two of us.
0: Possibly. Because I know that Rebecca, she's Rebecca's slightly older. I think she's like a couple years older than he is. Yeah. And she is six months older than I am.
1: Okay. So So he's probably in the middle somewhere.
0: Yeah. So, but it just made me laugh that they gave him those lines because he's like, yeah, I get to call my wife hot.
1: Yeah. They had to. They had to put them in the episode together.
0: Absolutely. And that's when uh, Ransom also makes it clear that Mariner fought to get this job to go down to the portal because Boimler (laughs) and how she's acting like that wasn't the case. And he just trails after her with this look of, oh.
1: This is Mariner. This is who she is. Mm -hmm. You know, I love this. I love the depth of them. I love the depth that they have. You don't, realize you know you don't always realize it because of the package that this that particular series is in you know i think this show this episode really got to to explore that a lot more and really for everybody like nobody is just one way you know nobody is just one one specific way all the time like we all have so many different levels and layers and i might be like super rigid about something but there may be some things that i'm like eh whatever you know <laughs>
0: Oh, and I forgot one of the most important things.
1: I know what you're going to say.
0: Yeah, the Heronium that mm-hmm. they found
1: the connecting everything. <laughs> the connecting
0: to the very first enterprise because they had gone and this it they, they'd mentioned it before going to the Starfleet right. uh, Starship Museum. They had mentioned that before and uh, they're talking about it again and Boimler is saying, "Yeah, we went to this Uh, and, and she's like, yeah, it was so boring. And he said, you ran to the doors and she's like, shut up. It was boring. (laughs) (laughs) I hated it, which is not true. And they talk about how each ship that, you know, the next generation of the ship to carry that same name has a, and Pike finishes the sentence, has a piece of the previous ship built into it during construction. And so they realized, because they had already established earlier in the episode that the NX-01 had heronium used in its construction because it was lightweight, durable, and the perfect shade of gray. <laughs> and so we knew that that had been used, that had already been established.
1: I missed that the first time I watched it.
0: I did not, because they were talking about, you know, Enterprise, Enterprise NX-01, so which I call the zero one because O is a letter, zero is a number,
1: do you say seventeen zero one slash or dash yeah. or whatever? I 1701?
0: I do in my I do in my head, or I okay. just say one seven zero one. Okay. So,
1: dash. Nothing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what would come after? What would come the after dash? the dash? <laughs> <laughs> so many moments we could take five hours. And I know that's the thing. It's every... <laughs> like
1: for the listeners, it's like we are literally friends, so we're just talking like friends would talk about mm-hmm. after they just saw something cool that they both really liked. So yep. there's really not much of a linear, we're, it's hard for us to keep the linear on yeah. track without actually reading the script and commenting on every single line <laughs> as we go through yeah. it.
0: That's boring to do that. Yes, it's boring. So we're not, we're not doing that. And the thing is, is that, you know, my mind uh, fires on all thrusters all the time. So it's constantly mm-hmm. um, on and constantly going at warp nine. And so yes. in, in the few seconds that I may have not been talking, I had 50,000 thoughts. And yeah. so it, it may seem to you guys that it's completely disjointed. But in my brain, I have made all those connections already. You just weren't privy to them.
1: Yeah. And I'm able to follow along with that. that's why I yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That's why I love you. <laughs> that's why I love you, too. One of the many reasons. Um, <laughs> then we got the fangirling from mm-hmm. the Enterprise uh, crew. Fangirling yeah. over... The NX01 crew, just like yeah. the lower decks characters are fangirling yep. girling over them. Which was And
0: cute. I love that Travis and Hoshi were the ones who got shouted <gasps> out. <gasps> Me too. Yes. And I was just that was one of those situations where I was grabbing my chest and going, My heart. Mm-hmm. My
1: heart. I, I really loved, loved, loved the Pelia, Pelia and Boimler chat a lot yes i thought that was really cool to see them together
0: and it, it again it goes back to boimler's love of the warp core mm-hmm. because in the, the very first episode in
1: the first, episode, w- coolest very first pl- episode coolest place on the ship warp core he in fact he goes to the to when they take tendy to the holodeck they're like mm-hmm. computer warp core, show us the warp take us the warp core or whatever and yeah. Mariner's like, it's so boring. That's <laughs> He loves the warp core. Yeah. The sound of the warp core.
0: Yeah. Well, so does Tandy, though. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> and so does Rutherford, for that matter. And I'll bet Mariner does, too. Of course she, she just, does. She just wouldn't admit it. No. Yeah. I just I loved that because I'm like... Why is he in engineering? Oh yeah, the warp core. Of course mm-hmm. that's where he would go when he's feeling completely yeah. dejected.
1: And that's where the piece was from the ship, right? In engineering. Yeah, because
0: because Mariner paid attention to right. what section that piece had been placed in. Yeah. And that's when we get Spock saying, It is surprising because she does not usually pay attention.
1: Right. <laughs> and this is a brilliant that is a br- one of those forever brilliant spock lines you know like the double dumbass mm. line and yes. all that kind of stuff like it's one of those things that's like this is where spock finds his humor he's explaining the humor and the irony of the situation <laughs> unnecessarily because everybody already understands but it's
2: <laughs> so
1: funny it's so funny um when boimler i feel like we're just random tidbits now oh yeah but like when boim boimler tells Pelia is it pelia or pelia 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 um also i'm a man because <laughs> mm-hmm. they kept calling him like future boy and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and he's like also i'm a man you know yes. lest you forget as silly as i am i'm a grown-ass man mm-hmm. like you know i am an adult I am an officer.
0: <laughs> he's just so adorable. I I love live action Boimler in a way I didn't think would p- be possible. But yeah. it's just it's everything. It's he's he's everything I could have possibly wanted and more. Absolutely nailed it. There are so many little things that Yeah, the grapplers. In oh yeah, How Laon loves grapplers. I love grapplers. <laughs>
1: I remember the first time I said it, I was like, what? And then I was like, oh, this is actually really kind of cool.
0: Yes, <laughs> I love grapplers, too. They're cool. I, and I just love the quiet way she said it. She, you know, was like, nobody cares about grapplers. And then I love grapplers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which makes me wonder why she loves grapplers. Anyway, I have a headcanon for that. Uh, what is it's, it? It's possible that when she was rescued from that Gorn raft on which she was set adrift in space to die, that uh, she was grappled. And, oh, and pulled maybe. onto the ship that rescued her i'd buy that i'm going with that sure <laughs> that's that's my head because that would have been gosh how many years ago maybe they didn't have tractor beams yeah, maybe as not. widespread at that time so i'm just going i'm going with that i'm,
1: going with, I'm that. with you the the thing that sticks out the most is that they called this the tos era Mm-hmm. Like, they literally on screen called it the TOS area era. And the first time I heard it, I was like, what? Like, there was this huge wreck. Obviously, it was a huge record scratch moment because it's one of those things where the script is aware of itself and, it's, and all that kind of stuff. And the writers are doing the things that they do so brilliantly without being of fan service. They're like, mm-hmm. you know, it's just this moment of self-awareness that Star Trek has every once in a while now where they're like, "Oh no no, we're not. It doesn't mean the original series. You silly 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 people."
0: <laughs> well, that's the thing though. They established that in Lower Decks in like season 1. They that's when Ransom first called it TOS. Uh,
1: really? Did I miss yes! Oh my god, I totally forgot about that.
0: Yeah. If I want to say that it was Oh, maybe it wasn't season 1, but I need
1: to rewatch.
0: I can't remember I the episode now specifically. But they they established that in lower decks TOS. And oh wow! I can't remember who said. Bad Starship fan, Chris. But uh, I can't remember if it was Mariner or Boyle that said Why TOS? Oh, it stands for those old scientists. Oh,
1: it's it's seeming it's coming back a little bit now. It's something that I clearly haven't watched enough. <laughs>
0: yeah, and I think it was I can't remember who it was who said it to whom, but I know that it was in a lower decks episode. I want to say it was the one with Landru but
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> but oh, I could okay. be wrong.
0: I could be wrong because that's I I I don't know. I gosh, now I'm going to have to rewatch Laurie Dex. Oh. Yeah, same. Such a chore. It's not
1: yeah. a chore. I what I think is this is kind of like my final thought of the episode itself is that like they're in this hilarious funny like super injected with easter eggs and things from all over canon and the timeline and series that it that there's such a poignant message of like be who you are you know Mm -hmm. embrace your complexities and just stay true to yourself you know i just really pulled that out of a lot of this episode
0: well and that's that's the journey that we've been watching in lower decks Mm -hmm. too is those four ensigns finding themselves finding their true selves and I really appreciate how far Boimler's come yeah he's really becoming who he is
1: yeah and they don't quote fit in you know they don't fit in with what we've seen before they are different characters than what we're used to but how relatable is that for you Brandy <laughs> like yeah Extremely. I'm like because I I'm, am and Boimler I was saying this to my parents too I've said it to you like even in my career field Like, I would say the majority of the time, not all the time, but more than 50%, much more than a simple majority of the time, I don't feel like I ever fit in. You know, I don't feel like I fit in with the cool kids. I don't feel like Mm. I'm one of one of dot dot dot, you know, but just because I don't fit in doesn't mean I don't belong You know, just because you don't fit in doesn't mean you don't belong. In fact, I would say probably those that don't fit in, like, belong that much more because they don't fit in. You know, they introduce, we introduce new ways of looking at things. We introduce new perspectives. We introduce more sensitivity.
0: Which is sorely needed in this world.
1: That's me getting all deep, deep on it.
0: (laughs) Infinite diversity. Yeah. Infinite diversity and infinite combinations there no I don't I anymore. don't want to fit in I tried I don't want to I don't want to homogenize I want to be who I am and still be able to work with a group when I need to or want to mm-hmm. and that is possible this and all all of Star Trek shows us that, <laughs> that is possible but I think Lower Decks is one of the best and most yeah. diverse examples of that it is it is for sure itic every freaking episode because you have these four very different people who are best friends they don't fit in in other places right. but they f- and even the they even the bridge belong. crew
1: and the command like the like the high said. the high rank they don't either <laughs> like you know they're the same way they just have higher ranks that's it they're exactly the same way exactly if not more so <laughs> sometimes
0: oh, absolutely um I think it's no surprise to anyone that I fucking love this episode. Mm -hmm. I've already shown my cards on that early on. I think it's uh, amazing. You don't have to have any context for the characters really to understand because all of the comedic bits that are dub that are so much funnier to us because we know the references still land for the people who have never seen Lower Decks they're they're just funny. It's brilliant. It's so well done. I hope that this episode has so. created thousands more Lower Decks fans and that people are choosing to to watch that now because it really is worth the time. It's it's just as brilliant as every other Star Trek episode and Star Trek series, excuse me. And uh, it takes nothing away. Yeah. It adds so much.
1: Um you saw the koala, right?
0: Of course I saw the koala.
1: Okay. I didn't see it the first time.
0: <laughs> I saw it the first I was time too, like, immediately. In fact, Dave and I were both myself. pointing at the screen going, koala. <laughs> Space koala. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a koala. Maybe you should so that it, to yourself. <laughs> That's one of my favorite episodes when Boimler sees the oh. koala because yeah. he almost drowned in whale pee. And mm-hmm. after that, you tend not to sweat the small stuff. <laughs> right. I love that episode so much. <laughs>
1: I gotta rewatch all of Lower Decks now before the new se- new season.
0: I know. You'll have you'll have time. You've got like over a month to do it and there Yeah, but
1: with like new what we do in the shadows, new foundation, new blah blah blah.
0: Yes, but they're ha- they're twenty three minute episodes. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you can, can literally f-
1: watch half a season in one sitting and you yeah,
0: know. Yeah. Exactly. You could you could probably make it through a movie. You could make it through an entire season in one day if you had oh, yeah. if you didn't do anything else besides that and eat and and pee you know when you needed mm-hmm. to etc. So yeah, I think I think we're going to close it there because we've been yammering on for far too long, and uh, I don't care. <laughs> it's my show. I do what I want. Well, I so, hope that
1: everyone enjoyed this because I've had a really good time.
0: I have too. It was this this to me was just another love letter to Trek. And yeah. a love letter to the fans of Lower Decks and of Strange New Worlds, and just an Enterprise, was, uh, Enterprise and Next
1: Generation, Deep Space it. Nine, a little bit, not so much Voyager. <laughs> it's
0: it's just uh, it's it's perfection for me, and yeah, I uh, I'm gonna watch it about five hundred more times this yeah. year.
1: <laughs> you can. It's just so infused with magic and love. It you is. Know?
0: It is. And that's it what really makes is. It great. I <sighs> love it. Alrighty. Um, Chris, do you have anything to tell people about yourself, about where you are? You're not on social media, so I'm
1: not really. I mean, I post like workout stories on Instagram and that's about it. Uh, I am so grateful that you had me on for Three of your episodes this season. This is my last one. So, yeah. until next time, thank you for letting me be an honorary woman.
0: Yes, the women.
1: I will now graciously hand the title back, um, and and be just be just Ken again.
0: <laughs> you got great Kennergy. <laughs> I am Kenuff. you are Kenneth (laughs) you're more than Kenneth
1: (laughs) thank you for having me Brandy I love you and I have such a good time with you
0: oh I love you and thank you so much for helping me out I really appreciate it so much I couldn't have done this without you frankly so being willing to do three episodes is just fantastic and and we've had such a great great. time (laughs) oh yeah so uh keep me in mind for season three well, going may be back <laughs> knocking at your virtual oh, sure. door.
1: <laughs> hey, we did two out of three of were, were really, really awesome episodes. Yes. So. Yes, they were. Three was, mm. but still, it doesn't matter. It's Star Trek. So
0: Yeah, it's Star Trek. It's, it's even like the worst episodes are mostly rewatchable. Some are not for me, but m- most of them. <sighs> Are. And i mean then, what is
1: it like out of hundreds and hundreds of episodes of star trek i can't even remember the total oh it's, total it's now. well
0: over 800
1: so like what there are probably like four episodes that i'm like these are bad episodes four or five maybe for me i mean i'm sure there are more for you but i'm but still that's not bad and i would still watch them
0: it it takes a One lot of them you to want. be for me to consider it a bad episode so and, right. and bad episode doesn't mean that other people didn't like it because there are a lot of sure. people that uh, I can't even remember the name of the episode but it's the one where they have the game uh, Al Moraine um, Oh yes. Yeah. Which is also oh. going to have a scene f- for that in Lower deck season 4 which made me leap for joy <laughs> because of course I love that episode. It's not I do too. It's not a great episode and It's hard to watch. <laughs> it is hard to watch but... and it's, I feel like The direction was not great. um, No. Because reasons. If you watch the episode, you know what I'm talking about, especially when it comes to Bashir. And again... And Cisco,
1: like, having to do that.
0: Well, I just... just, Bashir, like, when they come upon him, and he's, like, unconscious, and then he just wakes up and does this really half-hearted scream that I'm sure was supposed to be a lot more terrifying, and they probably made him dial it back. A lot, so it just right. seemed so fake because I know Sid's not a bad actor. No, <laughs> yeah, and the the way that they made him in season one in general was just kind of creepy guy again, mm-hmm. not Sid's fault, you know. So, right. and it, it gets so much better, of course, when he's allowed to actually explore the character and do the character in the way that it should have been done, and in they the give, first him place, give him a yeah. story, yeah, so. Yeah, anyway. Oh, wow. Tangent again. So, uh, Boldly this Go. This is how we roll. Yeah, Boldly Go. You can find it on Twitter at BoldlyGoPod. Also on Instagram at BoldlyGoPod. You can find me on Twitter, Brandywine12, if you care anymore. I'm not going to call it X because X is a placeholder. It's not a name. It's what you put when you don't have a name. Anyway, <laughs> long and short of it is... Um, Social media is not, uh, basically I use it to put out podcasts right now. I don't do a lot of interacting because it's just soul draining. So, but you can find me in those places should you desire to hit me up as the kids say. So thank you for joining me for this, me and Chris, for this very long love letter to episode seven of season two, those old scientists and... You got to keep boldly going. This has been Boldly Go, a Star Trek Strange New Worlds podcast. Our intro and outro music was composed especially for us by Eves Orwald, whom you can find on Facebook and SoundCloud for more of their music. Thank you for listening.